Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today is going down right here. Welcome to Fantasy Sports Today, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez, the spitting statistician, and the King Scott Angle here on a Wednesday. For everybody listening on iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, or if you're listening to us later, Wherever you download your podcast, thanks for tuning on in. Here's what we do. I got to let people know that on our Wednesday show, we do not have Mike Blewett as usual, but Scott Angle and myself, we take the first two hours along with last hour on Roto Experts in the morning to take an early look at all of the week eight games. We will continue that in a hot second. Uh, but let me bring in Scotty right here. First of all, how are you doing, Scotty? And second of all, we just broke news of a trade. Adam Schefter is reporting that the Giants, the fire sale continues. Look, they traded Eli Apple to the Saints yesterday. They've traded Damon Snacks Harrison, one of the best run stuffers in the NFL, to the Detroit Lions for a draft pick. The Lions, you know, Scotty, are around 500 in that competitive NFC North. They maybe think that they have something with their refound running game and moving the ball. And, you know, at, they had Sean Robinson out of Alabama, guys like Deshaun Hand, um, you know, Zeke, uh, Ansa, who's hurt right now on that defensive line. They go ahead and make an investment to maybe help to try to stop the run in Snacks Harrison. Yeah, I think if he's, even if Ansa was there, there would be a consideration. Uh, going into this into this week, the Giants had the third best run defense in the NFL in average yards per game, giving up eighty three point seven. Meanwhile, uh, you know, Detroit much further down the list at twenty second, and mm-hmm. that's an improvement from them where they are about two weeks ago. They give up one hundred twenty two point three yards per game, so they're feeling like they want to shore up that run defense. General Manager Bob Quinn is committed to being physical on the offensive side of the ball, and now he wants to do it on the defensive side of the ball. So matchup-wise, I think uh, I think Detroit becomes a tougher defense now overall. Uh, and you know, start your running backs against the Giants. I like now. I like Adrian Peterson even more it's as a as a daily play this week. <laughs> I, th- yeah. I think uh, is that game on Monday night though. Uh, no, I'm the Giants sure. won Monday night it, last week. Yeah. So I doubt yeah, they're on Monday I, night back-to-back Yeah, I, I don't think – no, they're not. Uh, but, you know, Adrian Peterson's a guy I like now uh, yeah. against the Giants this week. All of a sudden, it, you know, it was, it's like now starting your running backs against the Giants, and the Giants are a defense that you can pick on. Yep, absolutely. The Giants and the Washington football team will get it on from MetLife Stadium at 1 o'clock Eastern this Sunday. But let's look at this from the Lions side of you. Here, Scott, because here's the thing. The Lions right now are 3-3. Three and three. 
okay? They are 3-3. Three and three. I got to tell you something, though. They've won their last two games, right? They, I think they found something in, in, in Carry On My Wayward Son. You know, they're now looking to augment their defense. You know, Matt Patricia coming in there as a head coach wanted to be more physical, wants to maybe punch some people in the mouth. Snacks Harrison literally is, you know, in pro football focus grades, he's like literally the best run stuffer in the NFL. In this division, Scott, you know, with the Chicago Bears, where we thought had a great defense, but now with the Khalil Mack injury is kind of reverted to a good defense. We like the Vikings, but they have their flaws as well. The offensive line and the defense hasn't played as well. There's the Packers, but listen, they are going to live and die with Aaron Rodgers, who, you know, is not 100%. You know, like, should we take the Lions more seriously? They are 3-3 three and three right now. I would actually believe that the arrow is trending up on a team like Detroit. Right now, Scott, the Packers would hold the second wildcard spot in the NFC at 3-2-1. The Lions are 3-3 three and three right there, along with Chicago at 3-3, three and three, Seattle at 3-3, three and three, Tampa at 3-3. Three and three. Should we start taking the Lions more seriously as a playoff contender? I was a few weeks ago, actually, and I think everybody will now more even even so because, you know, they pick up a big name that even the average fan knows. Uh, and not The average fan doesn't always know defensive players, so it says something about who Damon Harrison is. And this game against Seattle is mm-hmm. going to be you know, it, big for playoff position. I, I think it's pivotal. It's pivotal for both. And I was talking about this in my advanced scout on rotoexperts.com. I think this is the under of the week. I think this might be the most physical game of the week because you talk about Seattle, which is like, you know, they, they throw the ball less than any other team. Russell Wilson's about efficiency, and they want to run the ball. And the, the Lions are coming in here and saying, well, we want to stop the run too. But yeah. on the other side right now, I don't know if anybody has noticed that the Seahawks have the second-best defense in the NFL right now. They're playing better than expectations. You know, they, they've lost the Legion of Boom, but their safeties are playing very, very well. And uh, they'll get KJ right back at linebacker this week, too. So this could be a very physical game where the, where the points are not easy to come by. That said, you know, contrary DFS stack, if you're uh, running out multiple lineups, you know, it could be either Seattle or Detroit. All right. Um, you mentioned how pivotal for NFC positioning this Seahawks-Lions game. I just brought up the Lions' schedule. Their next five weeks, they have nothing but teams that they are contending with either in the NFC North or in the NFC for playoff positioning. I mean, Seattle, Minnesota, Chicago, Carolina, and then Chicago again in the next five weeks. If they can get hot and, you know, Scotty, in these five games, if they go three and two, they'll be standing at six and five with some wins against other conference teams, like you mentioned, maybe like a Seattle, maybe like a Carolina, maybe against the Car- uh, Chicago in the division. If, if, if Carol, excuse me, if Detroit can do well in this five-game stretch. I think people will really have to start to think of them as a, uh, you know, as a playoff contender in the NFC. But Scotty, the Giants. I don't. I don't. I don't think, I don't think they want to be six and five. That's not a good spot to be in for the playoffs. Because that means you got to go four and one the rest of the. Week. If they're seven and four, I think it's different. And one game makes a big swing right there. And if you're yeah. a Lions fan and they have a very passionate fan base. You know, this this is very telling, I think, about, you know, can you start having more confidence in the team? Because these are the kind of spots in the past where the Lions would, you know, start to fall apart. You know, the Lions have, 
I, I, I can't remember the last time they've won a big game. But have they ever won a big game? You know, they, they always get zacked out in the, the first round of the yeah. playoffs when they make it. Here's, here's a real chance to establish a new identity for this franchise. This is a pivotal game, I think, and a pivotal stretch. You know, and yeah. if they want to change this identity of this of this franchise as well as be a playoff contender, they got to play well. This is a very, very interesting storyline, not only just from this season, just from the scope of the franchise and where right. Bob Quinn wants to get the team point in the right direction. They are facing a pivotal telling stretch right now. Yeah, absolutely. This is a very big stretch with conference and division opponents. They have a chance to make noise or, like you say, kind of do what they always do. You know, and kind of be this like middling potential nondescript kind of team, or do they announce themselves that they are a better contender than they have been in or, years? Or are they just the N- are they just the NFC Bengals again? Yeah, absolutely. So, but that's not the only move the Giants have made. Yesterday, they traded Eli Apple to the New Orleans Saints for a fourth round pick and a future seventh round pick. We talked about it uh, in the previous hour, Scott. The Saints, they're in the market for cornerbacks. They they do, unlike the Lions who were talking about, like, do they see themselves as contenders? We know the Saints see themselves as a contender. The window is open, you know, for the few years that Drew Brees is still left there. So might as well go ahead and invest. And they think Eli Apple couldn't be that corner opposite Marcus La- uh, uh, Marshawn Lattimore. You know, you know what's really interesting, though? It's like you're seeing all these trades, and there may be more to come. I don't have a count as compared to past years, but at least feels like we're seeing yep. more action at the near the trade deadline than ever. And we still got six days to go. It's, it's more interesting, more interesting this year than ever before. I would say, and uh, I heard Adam Schefter make this point last year, though, there were a number of trades as well. Okay. He said that last year really kind of was an outlier. Marcel Darius, Jimmy Garoppolo, others that were moving teams last year. And he, uh, I heard Schefter making the point, and then listen, we've seen trades already this year the Amari Cooper, the Carlos Hyde, you know, um, Teddy Bridgewater, even going back to the beginning of the season. And he's saying that, you know, in the NFL, we're in a new kind of day and age. You know, remember last year? The Brock Osweiler trade and how that really reminded people of like an NBA kind of trade that was like a salary dump kind of thing almost. And we're starting to see those in the NFL. It looks like, um, to your point, Scotty, the next six days may be full with more trades than people are used to. We've already talked about the potential for Demarius Thomas to be on the move. So let's spin this to fantasy, Scott. If you expect more trades to kind of happen. You know, like, for example, two weeks ago, and this is no fault of your own, Scotty, but we were hyping TJ Yeldon in the in-season ranks as, like, an RB1 moving forward. And then there's a trade. You know what I mean? So what happens if, like, we identified, say, Washington and Miami, and we don't know, but we're just spitballing here as two potential uh, options for, like, a Demarius Thomas trade, right? If that's the case, do you, like not go ahead and invest in who the spec guys would be because maybe Demarius Thomas comes? What would have happened? And I don't think this is the case, but people have been all on Tyler Boyd, right? All year, like, oh, Tyler Boyd might happen. What if the Bengals go ahead and trade for Demarius Thomas? I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's the fit. But that would render an asset that we've been talking about completely irrelevant. Now that you're saying there may be more trades, do you wait this week and not spend waiver wire, not spend your fab budget because you want to see how the dust settles in the NFL after the trading deadline before you make a pick? Because that could change the composition and the uh, opportunity and the value of some of these players. 
you can't, you can't base your fantasy approach on what ifs. I mean, okay, you know, we're having a little fun here, you know, going around the league and saying, oh, you might be land here and here and here, but we have absolutely nothing to base this Demarius Thomas stuff on, like where he would land, you know. For for all we know, he could end up on, on the friggin' Rams. You know, we just we don't know. We haven't seen any rumors, whatever. You know, I, I use the Rams because you know they're loaded at wide receiver, right. obviously. So I, I, I you can't you can't sit back and all of a sudden become conservative based on complete what ifs. It's the exact opposite. Look at what happened with Nick Chubb. What happened? What has to happen right now is you have to make sure you're on top of your game right now and. You know, be ready at any time to hit the free agent list. Now, right. and that's why we brought what out comes Co- into Portland play Sutton. here. What comes into play here is, you know, what are your league rules? And this makes you more consciously think about it. You know, we've heard other analysts on this channel bring it up before. If somebody's traded today, like let's say Demaryius Thomas was traded today, and Cortland Sutton's a free agent in your league, well, there's two types of scenarios on waivers. Number one, you have fab bids that run every night, so you're okay, right. you know. But a lot of leagues, uh, especially the public leagues, is yeah. and we saw this with Nick Chubb. It's it's a race to can ever hit the button first, and you know that that seems unfair. And I I think it I think it is unfair, and right. you know that more crystallized in my mind that it should be Ravens run every single night in every every league because. Otherwise, you know, look, I'm willing to play in, in just about any format, but first come, first serve, it it just you know it, it makes for a mad run to the to hit that ad button. It's really just not a it's it's unfair. Like you know, even somebody like me who does it for a living, you know, if sure. I got something personal going on, you know, if I'm at, sure. you know if I'm I'm at the the shop with the car and like you know yeah. I'm talking to the mechanic and something breaks. You know, in fantasy football, and I'm involved in a conversation, and you're not, and you beat me by three minutes yeah. to the waiver wire. Well, you know, that's really not fair to anybody. No, I completely agree. There's scenarios like that all the time. Listen, Scott, we live in New York. I'm underground in the subway a lot. You know what I mean? I can't pick someone exactly. up when I'm underground. Um, also, yeah. to be quite honest, part of the reason, honestly, part of the reason. I love fantasy football. I love my long-term dynasty leagues is because it's my way to keep in touch with my friends from the past, right? It's, it's my way. It's what I have with some of my 20-year friends. You know what I mean? And I got to tell you, some of my big long-term dynasty league, it's 14 teams. I talk about this team when I won the championship last year. I'm doing well this year, whatever. In this league, we've got a guy who lives in Korea right now. You know what I mean? And so he's got a 12-hour time difference. So when news breaks, he's asleep. And he should be, you know what I mean? It's uh, he can't he can't be monitoring that. We got people in different time zones, in different countries, for goodness sakes, playing in the same league, and that is the beauty of fantasy football. But you shouldn't be at a competitive disadvantage if you're waking up in Thailand versus waking up in Chicago. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then also it you know it talks about your Courtland Sutton pickup right. being ahead of the game, so you a don't have to race to the wave of wire. Or B, worry about how much fab you're going to bid. You got you have to see things ahead of time. And I was telling people for different reasons that, you know, up till three weeks ago, you know, pick up Nick Chubb because Carlos Hyde, A, was slowing down, and B, has a long history of injuries. And eventually he slowed down so much to the point where the Browns just said, you know, well, let, let, let's unload him. So you got to be ahead of the curve, and that's why I talk about – Guys like Capri Bibbs because Chris Thompson has not stayed healthy at all in his two years. 
you know, where he's become more prominent. And Adrian Peterson, as well as he played, you know, he's been dealing with multiple injuries. You have to see these things somewhat ahead of time. And look at Chris Ivory this week. Make sure that you have the handcuffs to your top running backs because you never know when uh, one of your top running backs might go down and you might need the handcuff. If you have Kareem Hunt, well, you better be rostering Spencer Ware. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to be kind of honest, look at this. Look at the Pittsburgh situation. If you drafted Le'Veon Bell and you backed it up with James Conner, boy, are you excited you did so. Let's talk about that game real quick. You mentioned Capri Bibbs. We mentioned how the run defense is going to be uh, diminished without Snacks Harrison on the Giants. Listen, this Washington team, though, we know it's not dynamic. We've been talking about how you don't like Jordan Reed. These wide receivers I don't think are startable. So is this Adrian Peterson and nobody else for Washington this week? Uh, could be, you know, it's, we could see other receivers show up, but it's, it's really hard Crowder, to like scout Richardson. it, and, uh, scout it and say, you know, who's going to show up, uh, because, you know, they, they're just, there's not a lot of juice on that offense whatsoever. Could be Vernon Davis getting in the end zone. Yeah. You just, you just don't know. And what about on the Giants side? Listen, we know Saquon is getting his. We know about that. We know Odell is the squeaky wheel that gets the grease, right? And so he it needs to be a part. Outside of those two guys, my questions are really around Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram. You know, those are the two pieces that I think are being sacrificed to pump Saquon and Odell with opportunity. How do you feel about Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram moving forward? I mean, Ingram might be valuable because tight end is such a wasteland. But what about Sterling Shepard? Is he – what is he? Is he droppable? Is he just benched right now? What are you doing with Shep? He's coming off a huge game. Why would he be droppable? Still. I mean, okay, so you think he is going to be a big piece of this offense moving forward? That's what I'm asking. What do you think is the outlook for guys like Shep and Ingram? I think consistency is going to be an issue. You know, one week it could be Ingram. One week it could be Shepard. And I think that's all about game planning there. And uh, they're going right. to continue to throw to, throw to those guys because, you know, it's – you know, Shermer was saying that uh, you know that we're going to go and give these guys, young guys a chance, and you know Shepard and Ingram are young guys. Yep, absolutely. So, to so be quite honest, like they got a lot. Like Odell is young, Saquon is young. If only they could protect the quarterback, and they got a quarterback that was young, they might be cooking with some grease. We got a lot of games left to talk about, Scotty. When we come back here on Fantasy Sports today, we are going to sprint through some of the rest of the Week Eight games. See the nuggets that you like. And our early lean on the point spreads in Fantasy Sports Today, Dane Martinez and the King, Scott Angle. Come on right back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez and the King, Scott Angle. We're trying to take you to and give you our early looks at the Week 8 games. We've got a lot of games left to talk about, so we are going to get to that in a hot second. But first, got to let people know that if you're playing daily fantasy sports, but if you're sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Builder tool. 
over at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps, okay? And go on over to mybookie.ag. Enter the promo code FNTSY. You'll get a special deposit bonus, all right? Uh, Just the props that you choose. Don't worry about the salary caps. Don't worry about the sharks out there. Go to mybookie.ag, enter the promo code FNTSY, and start winning today. We also got a caller on the line. Want to get to him. It's Andrew in Boston. I begrudgingly say congratulations on your one nothing lead in the World Series. Uh, but let's not talk about that. Let's talk about fantasy football. How can we help you, Andrew? Yeah, much more important things this morning because I have some serious running back issues. I got uh, right, beat out by one spot. I got beat up by one spot from Mozart last night on waivers. Um, and with Sony being hurt in bye weeks, I need to pick someone up. I'm gonna, should I go for Ivory or Capri Bibbs? Those are literally the two best options available to me right now. Yeah, I'd be going for Ivory because he, it looks like right. he's going to get a chance to start against New England this week. Probably be a big uh, part of the game plan uh, as they probably want to play ball control as much as they can against New England. Take it one week at a time there because, you know, maybe hopefully you'll have Michelle back uh, by two weeks' time. So uh, I I would definitely grab Ivory. I agree. I agree, Andrew. I would go Ivory as well. It sounds like for you because of buys and the Michelle injury, this is a short-term kind of thing. So you could take advantage of the fact that Shady McCoy is in the cold, dark, quiet room. I agree. I would go Chris Ivory. Thanks for the call. Scotty, let's get on back into it. Oh, anytime. Next next game I want to talk about, Scotty, is the New York Jets against the Chicago Bears in Chicago. Listen, is this defense elite or not? We're going to find out, I think, this week. This is a team, uh, honestly, Scott, the Chicago Bears should be able to eat defensively off Sam Darnold, who we see has been turnover prone. We know there's injuries in the Jets' wide receiving core. I think this is a get-right game for the Chicago Bears' defense, even against my Jets. I'm leaning towards the Bears as a survivor pick this week. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a good call, too. You know, Trubisky's playing so well. It's like, you know, he's probably going to be within my top 12 of my lineup ranks uh, tonight or tomorrow on rotoexperts.com. So, uh, yeah, definitely good call there. Uh, you know, running the ball against the Jets, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if I expect anything from Jordan Howard, but Tariq right. Cohen right now can eat anybody in space. Uh, you know, Trey Burton is getting regular targets in the red zone. He's scored in four of his past five games. So there's that as well. Uh, you know, Taylor Gabriel, all the injuries in the Jets secondary. It's like, I love Taylor Gabriel this week. Okay, so we're talking about Taylor Gabriel. We're talking about Tariq Cohen. We're talking about Trey Burton. You know, Scotty, technically... Their number one wide receiver is Allen Robinson, right? Their outside kind of guy. And listen, I mean, he didn't do jack in week seven, but before that he was all right. Had a touchdown week six, had a touchdown in week four before the bye. Has other games with double-digit um, you know, points and 14 targets in week two. Uh, are you starting Allen Robinson? Uh, it really depends on his health, but you know, I would lead towards yes. You know, he just really wasn't a factor last week, so... I want to see what the practice reports are this week. 
All right, let's get into the next game, Scott. The Seattle Seahawks and the Detroit Lions. Detroit is hosting them. We've talked about how this is a very interesting game in the NFC playoff race. It's in Detroit. Detroit are the three-point favorites. That's just from the home field advantage. Um, I want to ask you about both teams' running back situations. In Seattle, Scott, you know, there's Carson, there's Davis, there's Penny starting to get involved in that game right before the bye as well. Uh, Is this a full-blown three-man committee, or do you expect someone to uh, establish themselves? I think it's full-blown committee. I think Carson's the lead back, the guy that gets to start. Uh, may pick up the most yardage. Uh, I still like Davis as their goal-line guy, but I don't think you can count on that. I, I really don't see Carson as a goal-line guy at all. Uh, but you know, but I would stash Rashard Penny for later in the year because I really believe that they're using, especially Mike Davis, just because they feel like Penny wasn't ready. And then before the bye, right. they got him more involved. And maybe during the bye week, you know, they did even more work with him. They invested a late first-round pick in, in this kid, and I think ultimately their vision is to have Rashard Penny run a lot behind that. What's improving offensive line? You know, I don't I don't know if people have noticed. You know, they're not talking about it anymore. About the Seattle offensive line is improved. You know, right now, uh, you know, their tackles are ranked number f- number five against the pass overall. Uh, you know, by some of ESPN's metrics. And, uh, you know, their right tackle, Jermaine DeFetti, was a big problem here. So, you know, Russell Wilson is, uh, you know, he's he's efficient. Uh, I don't like him as a fantasy start this week. But, you know, I think I think they're getting to where they want to be right now. It's like some teams start slow. The Seahawks under Pete Carroll have always traditionally started slow. But, you know, you talk about the Lions. The Seahawks started 0-2, and now they've lost won three of their last four coming into this game. All right, so, you know, maybe idea of Rashard Penny as a rookie running back who might grow over time. Literally, you know how I feel about the running back growing over time on the other side of things, Scott. And that's carry on my wayward son. Carry on, on, on. Carry on Johnson coming off a 158-yard game. Same kind of thing, Scotty. After the bye, maybe the Lions scouted themselves and they think that they're better when they have some more balance. What do you think about carry on Johnson over time? Will the Garrett Blunt continue to vulture his touchdowns? Uh... I, I think Blunt, you know, is going to be the goal line guy there, and uh, it could be it could be more of a struggle for Carryon Johnson this week. You know, the Seahawks uh, have been up and down against the run, but the defense is ranked second in the NFL right now, and uh, you know they get their safeties have been playing well. Like I said, they get KJ Wright back this week, so uh, I don't think it's a total shutdown defense, but you know it's not going to be as easy as it was last week against Miami. All right, what if I – do you want to make a gentleman's bet here, Scotty? What if I say I believe Carrion Johnson gets double-digit points this week? Do you disagree I'm okay with that because if Theo Riddick doesn't play, he'll be involved in the passing game. He could easily hit 10. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's some sort of, how should I say, uh, you know, lofty goal for him to hit. Okay, so you think uh, – so does that mean you is he, a, is he an RB2 this week? I think he's a flex this week. Okay. High-end flex. Fair enough. And, and that high-end flex, low-end RB2 is pretty much, you know, saying similar things depending on the size of your league. It sounds like you have him, you know, what, he's low so, to mid-20s, so let's say. He's so talented that even in a good right. matchup, he could put yeah. up some good – He could know, break off a 60-yard like run at any point in time, he, you know what I mean? He could. He could against anybody. All right, so we'll keep an eye out on that. You know I love Carry On Johnson. All right, next game I want to talk about. Interesting Tampa Bay Buccaneers travel to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. I've been attacking this Bucks defense, Scott, all year long, and now the Bengals 
have an opportunity to do that in the Dalton, A.J. Green, Joe Mixon, C.J. Uzoma, Tyler Boyd, or do you think that with a change of defensive coordinator, you saw something different in the Tampa Bay Bucks defense and I need to stop attacking them? What do you say to that, Scott? Uh, it's one game. You know, it's 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 kind of tough to call, but it, it really depends on who you're talking about. You know, what, what offensive players are we discussing here? You know, we talk about the Tampa Bay defense. All right, so let's talk about one specifically because we know about A.J. Green. We know about Joe Mixon. Let me hone in on C.J. Uzuma, the tight end, right? Like some, He's been kind of a fringe fill-in, a kind of guy who you think of like, ah, if I have some buys or we know tight end is such a wasteland, who, yeah, maybe I can plug in. Do you still see C.J. in that role, kind of the uh, – the streaming in the streaming conversation in the bye week fill in kind of conversation is that still where you see Uzuma in this uh, matchup this week? Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, you know, the last two weeks, you know, he had a he had double figure performance two weeks ago where he was getting volume, sub volume. Last week he got in the end zone, so I I think he's like a high end tight end too right now, like right outside of the maybe that top uh, eleven or so. Okay, so someone who you could start, there's worse, right? But it's not like you're excited to start him necessarily this week, but because of buys and injuries. Yeah, it's not something you're totally comfortable with, but you're right. You feel like you can do worse. You know, like, you know, absolutely. Don't get caught up in the names. Like I said, there's there's no way I'm starting CJ, starting Jordan Reed over CJ Uzuma. So you're starting starting Uzuma over Reed this week? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Fair enough. And and listen, you may be in a situation, you know, what if you have my, Scotty's guy, Austin Hooper, right? You may need a tight end this week, right? So Uzuma, like we're saying, you know, we're not thrilled about it, but you could do worse. Let me ask you about Tampa Bay, Scotty. Uh, they have some tight ends that we like in OJ Howard, uh, you know, Brayton. You know, I, I don't think he's really viable much anymore, although he does sometimes still get red zone looks. But I want to ask you about the running game here. A couple of weeks ago, people were predicting, like similar to what we're saying about Rashad Penny as someone to watch over time in the second half of the season. I personally think, you know, Kerryon Johnson is going to ascend. Um, you mentioned the Rashad Penny thing, right? What about Ronald Jones? Listen, there was some buzz about him maybe a couple of weeks ago starting to get there, and then Peyton Barber had a good game uh, two weeks ago. I don't know that Peyton Barber is really really a, a um, firm grasp block to a guy like Ronald Jones for potential. Do you see Ronald Jones getting more love over time? Uh, it's hard like, to compare say Ronald Jones and Rashad Penny. Compare Rashad jo- Ronald Jones and Rashad Penny. Uh, I think Penny's got more upside. You know, he can, he can get a third of a workload and still get more yardage than Ronald Jones. Uh, hmm. you know, Ronald Jones has shown no upside so far at all. He scored his first NFL touchdown last week, but every time they get him on the field, it just looks like an uphill battle with this kid. Uh, but you know, he's going to get the opportunity this week with Peyton Barber, but I can't have any confidence in it. Opportunity does not always lead to production. All right. Let's go to another game here, Scotty, because we've got a bunch still left to talk about and only about 25 minutes before we hand it off to our guys, Carton and friends, Corey Parson. 
Gabe Morency, and of course the lovely Michelle Serpico. Um, the Baltimore Ravens and the Carolina Panthers. This is a good non-conference matchup, Scotty. These are two teams that I think want to pound you in the mouth, right? I think an interesting style of play here for both teams. Baltimore on the road, they are a much different team on the road versus at home. And I can say the same thing about the Panthers at home versus being on the road. I expect this one to be a slugfest, Scotty. Carolina and Baltimore. People are asking me... People People are saying that they are concerned about Christian McCaffrey. I think that's ridiculous. Maybe in standard, he hasn't performed. In PPR, you love him. Any reason in standard to be concerned about CMC, or is he someone you got to just ride out week to week? Yeah, he hasn't scored since week one. So in stand, and uh, I don't even call him standard anymore. And it's non PPR. Uh, I think right. you have to be concerned, but there's still a floor there in PPR where I think you have to start him. You don't though, have right? to worry. I don't. I don't. I don't see the Carolina Panthers as a smash mouth team whatsoever. You know, it's 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 not like you know they 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 run the ball like. like I'm talking smash about the defensive mouth. side. On no, the they, defensive they, side. they that front they, seven. They haven't been smash mouth. You know, they've been they've been oh, they they've they've been vulnerable this year. I you know you talk about one team here that's playing good defense and maybe the best defense in the AFC, but you know Carolina hasn't been playing really good defense this year. All right, so that being said, let's look at then who would be primed to take advantage of that if you think that Carolina has not been performing well defensively. Let's look at the Ravens' skill position, guys. Does that mean you're high on Alex Collins this week? Is he an RB2 for you this week? No. Uh, I thought we liked to attack this Carolina. I thought the Carolina defense was vulnerable, though. Yeah, but you have to talk about the player, too. It's Okay. You know, Alex Collins has been very, very touchdown dependent. If not, he's not getting the yardage. And he's losing too many carries. So I look, Carolina's run defense is ranked 29th, but uh, you know I can't. I'm sorry, uh, wrong wrong rating there. But uh, Carolina Carolina's uh, Carolina has been playing as well on defense, but I don't think in any matchup you can run Alex Collins out there with any confidence. So you're telling me Alex Collins is not uh, like when you do your rankings, Alex Collins is going to be outside your top 25. Definitely, definitely. Just you know, it's it's touchdown or bust right now. Huh. Interesting. Uh, so you'd rather have Carry on Johnson than Alex Collins this week, right? Because you think Carry on Johnson yes. gets double yeah. digits. Carolina actually ranks twenty eighth against the rush, and you would okay, think so that, that sounds, you know that right. It, but but it's not just about the matchup. You can't make judgments based on a matchup alone. You know, not everybody can take advantage of the opportunity. I like Alex Collins. You know, I I think. I, I think the, the Ravens short shrift him, and they don't trust him. Uh, the guy runs like his hair is on fire. He's got good right. vision, good change of direction, but they never lever, let him get into a rhythm. And I think that's a problem. Now, Carolina's pass defense, they rank 24th. So, you know, I'm, mm. I'm kind of liking Joe Flacco as a streamer here. Interesting. So Joe Flacco potentially has a streamer. Remember, he had a streak where he was hitting Smoke Brown over the top a lot. So that could be in play here. Let's keep it moving. Let's talk about one more game before we hit the break here because we got to zoom through everything. The next game I see is the Indianapolis Colts as we start the 4 o'clock games. The Indianapolis Colts in Oakland to take on the Raiders. Listen. Honestly, Scott, the Raiders are a dumpster fire. It sounds like they're pissed off. They're trading away their assets. They're, they're, they're performing like we don't know who's next. Marshawn Lynch is on IR. You know, um, can I go back to the well with this Indianapolis Colts defense as a stream? It looks like, you know, listen, 
no Amari Cooper, no Marshawn Lynch. There's doubts around uh, Carr. I mean, can I go back to this Colts defense as a stream, but this time on the road at Oakland? Yeah, why not? You know, I don't know if anybody realizes this, but Indianapolis is twenty-one fourth sacks, in the N- fourth in the NFL in sacks, and you know this. this all of a sudden, the Raiders have become a top team to stream against. So the only way that I would not use the Colts and not keep them, which in some of my leagues I did, if I can get New England instead going against Buffalo, right. I'd rather have New England. But the Colts are going to be a top stream this week. Okay, and so you're still comfortable about that? You don't think in any way, shape, or form the Raiders kind of fixed something in their bye week or anything like that? You're still, you're still attacking the Raiders' offense? I don't see how they could possibly could have fixed anything. They lost their number one wide receiver and their number one running back. How could they have fixed anything? I hear you. I hear you. On the Colts, listen, the return of T.Y. Hilton last week, he got two touchdowns. What is that? And the return, really, not the complete return, but the emergence more of Marlon Mack. I know he'd been back for a couple of games. But what does that mean for guys that we have talked about a lot on this show, Uh, Naheem Hines and Eric Ebron? We just said it. Eric Ebron is the third highest scoring tight end in fantasy this year. Um, Is that the end of the line for him as a top tight end with the uh, uh, return of T.Y. Hilton? I wouldn't say it's the end of the line, but, you know, you're not going to see any more huge games, I don't think. Uh, But, you know, this is a great matchup for Andrew Luck right now. The the Raiders have the last-ranked pass defense Mm. in the NFL. So, uh, yeah, I don't say dead last because you're the last or you're not. So, no such thing as dead last to me. But, uh, yeah, that's an editing thing for me. I digress. Uh, But, uh, look, I think you have to love Luck this week. Uh, yeah. I don't know if anybody's going to look at it enough, but uh, you know maybe the Daily Roto guys will. But you know, I think you can run it. You can run a cult stack in DFS. Uh, you'd be, That's what I was be very ask successful. You. I think Chester Rogers could be a sneaky play this week. Ooh, maybe stack him with an Ebron and a Rogers, like everyone that's not Ty Hilton, and know you're going to get some potential. Get we'll Hilton, be back get luck and get two more. Right. I like that. I might have to make a DFS lineup today and honor that cold stack. we got a couple games left, Scotty. When we come back, we'll cover them all, and we'll take your calls if you want to join the fun in Functional Sports Radio on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Come on back. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. back fantasy sports today here on the fantasy sports radio network what's up scotty you laughing? No, i was just i was listening to that bumper you know with gabe marancy that was oh that yeah. was very funny you know like uh the uh five years later cowboys, he's appreciating <laughs> asset yeah yeah the cowboys have given up a first round pick i will say amari cooper's 24 and you know if you check out my advanced scout on rotoexperts.com sure. i break up break break the, the trade down i think it's a positive for cooper for two reasons, you know, number right. one, well, we all know about change of scenery, but, you know, he's going to play with a better quarterback. And, you know, Ezekiel Elliott draws so much defensive attention. Absolutely. If Cooper was the guy getting the most defensive attention 
in Oakland. So I like that. You know, it's like I'm somewhere in between what Gabe was saying and, you know, where Corey goes overboard and everything's positive and Amari Cooper is going to go to the Hall of Fame now and be in the Ring of Honor kind of thing, you know. Thank God for Jerry Jones, who uh, right. you know also traded for Roy Williams and Joey Galloway. And uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna thank God for 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 Jerry Jones, you better thank God for Jimmy Johnson because ever since Jimmy Johnson has left, the Cowboys have not been the same. Uh, and I think Jerry did that out of desperation. I don't. I, I wouldn't yeah. give him any credit for pulling off something great. Well, here's the thing. I understand what they're trying to do. They needed to get. Dak, that weapon on the outside, that number one guy, to your point, he may uh, perform a little bit better because the attention will still be on Ezekiel Elliott. But also, listen, Scotty, the, the, the Cowboys at like three and four are still right in the mix in the NFC East. I will say this, though. The first round pick is a little bit of a steeper price than I would have anticipated. But hey, if you're going to go for it, you got to go for it. Three more games I want to get it, into, Scotty. It's a pivotal Scotty. move. It's, it's, it, look, it's a pivotal yeah. move. This this team could turn it around and make the playoffs, I think, you know, maybe because of this move. It's from a strategic perspective, but, you know, Cooper's got to get his head in the game. You know, he's not yeah. dropping passes as much, but I, th- I think it's a positive. But, you know, I wouldn't say all of a sudden, you know, Dallas is like, you know, a deep playoff contender. I think this yeah. makes him more of a stronger wild card play. Yeah, I think that's right. And don't get it twisted. Also, you know, nine wins could get it, could win, win the NFC East right now, the way it's looking. So yeah, we got to make that move now. About yeah. that. Yep, absolutely. Next game I want to talk about the San Francisco 49ers go to Arizona to take on the Cardinals. A lot of uh, unrest in Arizona. Patrick Peterson wants out. They fired their offensive coordinator after that blunt guts trash performance on Thursday night. But they have had 10 days to try to see what they, you know, can change with a new offensive coordinator. What, if anything, do you expect to be different? Like, do you think they're going to turn around and, like, is David Johnson going to get 25 touches this week? I think Byron with a new offensive coordinator, smart, which you think he would be, is, uh, you know, that, you know, you go back to your guy and, you know, that's that's just what they they didn't do. Not enough David Johnson in the passing game, et cetera. You know, more of Christian Kirk. He's getting it done. Maybe get Ricky Seals Jones a little bit more involved here. Uh, hopefully, Byron Leftwich doesn't uh, teach Josh Rosen his windup because it used to take him yeah. six six years to set True. up and release what he used to throw the longest windup like I've I've ever seen in NFL history. Yeah. But uh, you know, these are two teams that feel that they're coming off of disastrous games and they right. could beat each other. Uh, so specials. I think it's going to be competitive. There's going to be some offense. I th- I think here. And uh, last time Arizona faced San Francisco, they had 20-plus mm-hmm. defensive points on most yep. fantasy sites. The, those kind of things tend not to repeat themselves. But, you know, the 49ers do turn the ball over and they do give up sacks. So Arizona is not going to be the outstanding stream it was three weeks ago against the Niners. But I still, still viable. very strong defensive stream. Thought they were going to be good last week against Denver. But you can't yeah. react to last week. I don't think they give up as many points as they did last week. They they were embarrassed, you know, as bad as a team they are. They were embarrassed. And usually when we talked about it earlier, when a team gets embarrassed, sometimes they come out and play better the next game. Yeah, but here's the thing: both of these teams were embarrassed last week, so that that's what I'm saying. It could be competitive for both of these teams. Absolutely, yeah, both of these teams it's gonna be- feel like this is a team that I we have to yeah. beat. This is a team we right. can beat. So I think this is going to be very very competitive. 
the loser in this game will have the inside track on picking near the very top of the NFL draft. The loser of this game will be, what, 1-7, I do believe, which will be, at best, tied for the worst record in the NFL. Listen, I, I agree. I think you know their, their probable response here is to turn around and feed their workhorse, David Johnson. So I would be excited if I was a David Johnson owner <clears throat> or if in your league the David Johnson owner has been pissed off and frustrated. This is the time to buy low on David Johnson, if anything else. The one question I'll ask you also about the um, Cardinals. Rest of season, Scott, would you rather have Larry Fitzgerald or Christian Kirk? Christian Kirk, you know, he's outperforming him right hmm. now. They, that could change, I would say, for the next three weeks or so, four weeks. I'd rather have Christian Kirk. You know, Larry Fitzgerald has been getting hurt, but also might be a thing of, you know, where, where age has just caught up with him too. Yeah. And then on San Francisco, let me ask you about this committee. I want no part of any of these guys. You got Brito, who's a little banged up. We got three yards and a cloud of dust. That is Alfred Morris. And then we have Raheem Mostard, who popped off a couple weeks ago. People were spending all sorts of fab budget on him. But he's not necessarily going to do anything. He's just part of a committee. Do you like any of these guys specifically, or are you staying away from all three? Because it is a three-person committee. Well, look, Arizona's been terrible against the run this year, so mm. I don't think he can stay away. If Breida starts, I like him. He's played well this year. I like the way he runs. If not, most art is a very entertaining flex play. All right. Sunday night football, I think this is going to be exciting. The total is 57 in this game. I do believe that is the highest total on the board. Yes, it is. There's a couple games in the 50s, but no title to- total. Excuse me. Is higher than uh, Green Bay Packers and the L.A. Rams in Los Angeles. Listen, we know about these teams, Scotty. We are starting Aaron Rodgers. We're starting Jared Goff. We're starting these wide receivers. Obviously, we're starting Gurley. You know, we're starting Jimmy Graham even at tight end, given what the tight end position is. We're starting all of these guys. Here's my question for you. I see it as a 10-point spread right now, Scotty. I know what the Rams can do, but... I believe that the backdoor cover is open right here for Aaron Rodgers. If you tell me I'm going to give Aaron Rodgers 10 points and at some point the Rams might be playing prevent defense, I'm taking 10 points in Aaron Rodgers all day long, Scott. What do you think? Yeah, I'm with you because, you know, we can't assume that the Rams are going to run out to, you know, and blow them out here either. Uh, They might even blow them out. And then Aaron Rodgers in the second half in garbage time makes it within 10. You know, I could see this game very easily, Scott, early in the fourth quarter being something like, you know, 31-17, let's say, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, they let, they, they, they play prevent defense. Aaron, you know, Aaron Rodgers leads them down. play prevent defense when you're up two touchdowns? No. But... You know what I'm saying generally, Scott. Yeah. And then at the back door, I think, can easily be open here. With this at around 10 points, give me Aaron Rodgers in 10. I agree with you fundamentally that, uh, you know, I like the back door being open there. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I just I don't see a scenario. I could be wrong where it's a blowout and they have to play catch up. And if you do believe that, though, it's like it's like I said about the Bears last week. They're either going to be in the game or they're going to play, be playing catch up. So uh, you, I think you, gotta, you have to like the Packers and what you're going to get offensively. The one thing when you say, you know, start everybody, you, look, let's just stop it with Aaron Jones, okay? Forget the Green Bay running backs. It's a committee, and they are a heavy pass first team. 
Okay, let me let me let me contrast that with some other guys we've been talking about, right? Just to get a feel for it. Okay, you're talking about Aaron Jones. We've talked about guys like um Kerryon Johnson this week. We've talked about guys like Alex Collins. Okay, are you starting Aaron Jones or Alex Collins? Alex Collins, he's always got a chance for a touchdown. You know, okay. Green Bay doesn't run the ball near the near the goal line. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Last game here briefly. Let's talk about it for a couple of minutes because I, I don't think even roster Aaron Jones. He'll waste. All right, all right, fair enough. I mean, I think I think he's rosterable. I think that's a little bit of a stretch. I, I don't, I don't. It, it, not even in a bye week do I want to start him. Really? I mean, you're no talking upside about there. You're start, You're rostering Ronald Jones, but you're not rostering Aaron Jones. Ronald Jones at least has some promise. For upside, you know, he was, you know, got dynamic talent. You know, he just hasn't got done yet. You know, maybe, maybe by week, like, say, 10 or something like that, he's figured it out. And he'll have more of a chance of a touchdown run than, than, Aaron, than, Ron, than uh, Aaron Jones. All right. Well, when you, when you get your uh, rankings up, when you get your week eight rankings up a little bit later on this week in the Roto Experts exclusive edge in-season package, I think we might have the fodder for a gentleman's bet. I think you're going a little see, too I don't far know, though, because, Jones, like, we'll find out. you know, when, when you're comparing Aaron Jones to Ronald Jones, you've already made my point for me that, you know, the guy is, like, really far down the rungs of fantasy running backs. All right, but not when I compare him to, say, Kerryon Johnson or, uh, or Alex Collins. So we'll look at your ranks when they There's come no out. There's no comparison. And, uh, I'd rather have those guys. All right, so maybe we'll look at yeah. that, and maybe we'll have fodder for a gentleman's bet a little bit later on in the week. Saints-Vikings is the last game. We only got a couple of minutes left, Scotty, because, you know, we're not talking about the Monday night game yet because, you know, who knows if Derek Anderson, I think, is starting again at quarterback. We don't know about That's LaShawn McCoy. Said. So that – yeah, but we don't know about LaShawn yeah. McCoy, so that line is not on the board just yet. We're telling people that Ivory is a good pickup because usually the protocol would last a week, but it is not definitive, so there is no line or total just yet for that game. But Saints and Vikings, what do you expect in this game? I think this is going to be very interesting. My question for you is, can you start Lat Murray? Because we don't expect that. Because, like, what's the deal with Dalvin Cook here? Yeah, I think you can start Lat Murray. Uh, look, the, the, the Saints have been pretty good against the run this year. And it's not just because of the pass funneling, but uh, Lad Murray has played well the last two weeks. He's had some really good matchups, but, you know, they're going to give him the ball near the goal line. So I think you can have some confidence in him at least as a flex. All right, last question I'll ask you. Listen, we were talking about the Saints and their passing game, and with Ted Ginn on IR, uh, who is the number two wide receiver? I was mentioning Cameron Meredith, but he didn't get any targets. It looks like this is Traquan Smith. Give me a little bit of a thumbnail sketch here on Traquan Smith short term, but also in dynasty leagues. Do you like him as an asset for the Saints and for a dynasty fantasy football team? I was talking about like him in the preseason and season yeah. league. So, uh, look, I'm he had a 111 yard game. Uh, uh, two weeks ago, and then last week only three catches for 34 yards, but they were in key spots. So I think right. he's emerging as the number two wide receiver there, and uh, you know this is a guy that uh, by next year could be a really nice fantasy wide receiver three. Yeah, absolutely. To pair with Michael Thomas and be one of the better duos nice draft pick by in the, the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. They've been good in the draft the last couple of years. Remember they their hall like last fourth year, round, Kamara, I think, third Lattimore. fourth round. Listen, last year they drafted the offensive and defensive rookies of the year, okay? And not to mention like a lineman and some others. That uh, that cornerback, Williams, who got burned on the miracle, had a good year as well. So the Saints and Vikings, two contenders going at it on Sunday Night Football. Scotty, we'll talk more tomorrow. We'll have some in-season ranks to talk about. You have a great fantasy day, Scotty. 
Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Mike Blewett, back in the chair tomorrow on FSC. We'll be back on Roto Experts in the morning, 7 o'clock. Have a great fantasy day. Carton and Friends up next on the Fantasy